This show is brought to you by Loud and Opinionated. Welcome to the Loud Sports Podcast for Thursday, December 5th. Welcome, guys. I am Paul Rubidoux here with Jake Williams hey. and Brandon Plecker. Hey, guys. And the biggest thing that happened in the state, I'm going to leave this up to you guys, our <laughs> Husker fan, Jake, and Brandon, our Hawkeye fan. We had the Heroes game. Ugh, it happened again. Again. It again, happened again. 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 That was five. Again. No, I... I I was watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, late in the game, I'm like, this can't happen again. It's the same thing that happened last year. Iowa builds a big lead in the first half, and then Brian Ferentz doesn't know how to call a game in the second half somehow for their offense, and Nebraska fights and claws back only to lose. And I don't want to point fingers... But I'm going to point fingers. Adrian Martinez has to have better awareness and not run out of bounds because when he ran out of bounds, that gives Iowa the chance. Because if he stays in bounds, Iowa probably just lets that clock run out and go place for overtime. But uh, it is what it is. Man, the refs tried to give you the game. Though, oh, my didn't God. They? That was so bad at the end of the Two game. Two really bad calls. First of all, back to back. that was a catch. I don't care what anybody yes. says. He caught it. Uh, it was a catch, and then how they didn't call targeting on the next play, I will I, never understand either. I understand the... A shoulder to the face is definitely targeting. Yeah. Any way you look at it. No, it was bad. It was It bad. was pretty bad. <laughs> Two times in a row. As but a Husker fan... They still got it done somehow. I tweeted about it. But I said... Or no, I, I, I was talking to people... Uh, someone, and I said, the Big Ten is trying real hard to get Nebraska into a bowl game because, my goodness, the calls in that game. At the end of the game. I didn't have a problem until the last minute of the game. Yeah, it was, but it, it was bad. It, if there is not a quarterback competition in spring 2020, Frost, this is, a, this is a big moment for him coaching. He's got to stop thinking that Adrian is the answer because Adrian has shown this year he's not the answer. And it sucks because I, I was rooting for the guy. I was drinking the Kool-Aid because I'm a fan of the team. He was third place Heisman uh, <laughs> to start the season. <laughs> Preseason, right? I just want to point that out. He was he, third place. If you Like I said before when I called him a fraud a couple weeks ago, when you look up the definition of sophomore slump, it's his face. It, it, it's the biggest decline I've seen for a Nebraska quarterback in quite a while. While Brock Purdy's out here setting yeah. Iowa State career records right. as a sophomore. So, it, and I'm, I, I know it's crazy to say this already, but Luke McCaffrey, when he is in the game for Nebraska, it's a different team. For one, he comes in one play, throws a touchdown pass, and it says a lot about your starting quarterback if the fans are ch- chanting, Luke! For your backup. This is what confused me. I got onto Twitter, and, and it said McCaffrey throws a pass. I was like, I thought they were on the basketball team. I didn't, I didn't know that there was a McCaffrey. You didn't know that Christian McCaffrey's little brother played for Nebraska? No, I mean the in-state McCaffrey's. Oh, oh yeah, the Fran- yeah, yeah, I don't talk about it. But isn't it, isn't it kind of funny? Wasn't when we talking about this like a month ago where you were talking about you can't win with a third-string quarterback, and isn't this your guy that you were bitching about? 
No, I was I four was months, four weeks ago. I I I feel like that was the guy that was starting four weeks ago. No, they started Verdal. Verdal was the guy who started, but. I was saying it was hard to... All these great Frost recruits I can't keep track of. It was hard to win because they... that I, I know what you're saying. I was talking about the Indiana game. Yeah, it was a while ago. I don't yeah. remember, but... And I, I did... For me, it was like, it's hard to win when you have quarterbacks keep getting hurt, is what I was trying to get at. But Luke McCaffrey brought an energy to this team because he threw a touchdown pass in that game. And he scored a touch couple. T- granted, it was garbage time, but he scored a, a touchdown against Maryland. And he, you know, clearly they showed how bad they are. Um, big takeaway from that: Frost, if he's the play caller, he's got to give up his duties as a as a play caller. Oh, that is early in your coaching career. Two years in, he, have you given up play did, calling duties? Dude, That's a last dude, ditch. Keep your job. Your first effort. Half is literally this, and I'm not exaggerating. This was the first half for Nebraska. First play, tackle for loss and or sack. Second play, swing pass. I've never seen so many so many swing passes for a five yard loss in my life. I don't think yeah. it was incredible. Second, yeah, second probably down, five times swing pass. Then it's third and sixteen, third and seventeen, something like that. It's like draw play, punt. That was their offense, and and. and you saw what worked for you in the second half. They were running the ball, and they were just—they were trying to be too fancy. They had at one point four different players threw a pass in that game, including a receiver. <laughs> it's like stop trying to be cute. Stop trying to find out what works for you. Find your identity, and that's the big thing. Iowa has an identity. Nebraska doesn't, and that's why Iowa wins because they know what they are. Well, Frost is the identity, right? He's got to just – I don't. my thing is I don't – if he doesn't stop play calling, he has to stop being so stubborn. I think he needs to re- formulate an offense that works for the players he has and understand that what works at Oregon and UCF is – I was going to say it seems Oregon like, seems like he's, calling, he's, he's calling the games. He doesn't have the same players he had at UCF. The UCF teams are m- much more yeah. talented than this Nebraska team is. Like Mackenzie Milton is was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He is much better than anybody Nebraska has right now. Yeah. Like, and then you know they had all those guys that are playing in the NFL right now at receiver and at UCF. Like those guys were they were they were legit powerhouse when he was there. And Nebraska just doesn't have that. So they don't they don't have the same kind of athletes that UCF had for those three years that Scott Frost was there. And that's how he's got to learn to be a good coach is where yeah, if you're that, – Yeah, that's my point. You got yeah. you to you gotta play to what, you're, what you got. Yeah. You don't have NFL receivers right now at, at Nebraska. You don't. They're freshmen. But if we, they are, if maybe they can be, but they're not right now. And this is what I don't understand, the through line between this. Even in the Wisconsin game where it got away from them and they were competitive early on and it got away from them, what worked ev- – Wisconsin, Maryland, Iowa, those last three games, what worked was when Nebraska just pounded the ball and played classic Big Ten football when they were just running it with Dietrich Mills. Yes, you have those athletes that you can use. You've got some speed players, and those will come in time. But, man, you got to just – he's, he's so stubborn. And another thing, he's got to stop throwing his players under the bus. I'm so sick of that. It's like just accept the fact – Yeah, that was kind of cringeworthy this just week. Just accept the fact – that you, you lost to a better team. 
you inherited a, a team with weak confidence. I can't imagine a way to pass the blame more than saying something I, like that. I'm not – look, I'm not saying – Like, it's not me, it's the players, but it's not even my players. I'm not I even, inherited I'm, these players. Exactly. He needs to stop passing the buck. He and, passed the buck from his players to the other players. And he needs to stop. Whether or not I think it's right or whether I think he's right, say that in private. Do not say that in front of a microphone. Because you're just gonna be fodder, and you're. What are your players gonna think when you say that in front of the media? But then he's very supportive to you. I'd be kind of like, all right, man, whatever. Like, I hope I get some of the credit when I win. It's it it creates kind it of could, a bad situation. Yeah, yeah. That that I mean, essentially, what I took from that. Also, good God, AJ Epinesa. He's a stud. What a monster. He's been playing. He's been he did not play very well to start the season, but the last Jeez. the last five or six games he has been been yeah. the force that we thought that I thought he was going to be all year. And on to first team all Big 10. Yeah, I mean, he had 14 defensive linemen had 14 tackles in a game. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. That's and that's another thing is that means you're I, getting it at was, the line. He Nebraska, was dominant. Nebraska's offensive line is just oof. He oof, was dominant in oof. that game. Bad, bad offensive line. I think what I have been noticing uh, on Twitter, and that's kind of the benefit of being a you know, getting a bowl game, is you can you can recruit earlier. <laughs> There's the silver lining there. But he Frost is still getting good recruits. But like I've said, he's just got to find a way to make those players work for him. Just goes back to recruiting, to recruiting, to oh he's got to get his guys. Oh, when he gets his guys, and, don't and give me that because everybody says about every coach. Well. You say that about Matt Campbell. You the difference is Matt Campbell can make those players work for him. Matt Campbell won eight games in a bowl game with players that were on a two-win team the year before. That's what Matt Campbell did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying Matt Campbell knows what works for his team. And so I never had to say, wait till his recruits get in. Because not, he won with the people on the team. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there is a silver lining in this is what I'm getting at. It, recruiting. What getting else, his guys. What else there's right? to be excited about? I mean, I think you know I'm. I would put it at ten percent chance Nebraska gets a bowl game with five wins because they only needed. There was only there was three teams or three teams short of all six win teams. So that was after the Nebraska yeah. game. So if three five win teams won on Saturday, they won't. Like it was close. They almost snuck in. So they might sneak in, but I don't because I don't know the final tally now. But I don't think fan base. There wasn't very many. I think they all won because I know Michigan State was one of them. Michigan State won. Yeah, there was a couple because the Big Ten had a couple of them that with five wins that were winning that I saw on Saturday. But here's the thing: Nebraska shouldn't have been in that situation against Iowa in the first place. There were at least three or four games they should have won. They had leads in. They played well. And they, they found ways to lose. They shouldn't have been in that situation. I don't, I'm not saying they, they, that they would have, you know, beat Iowa or anything like that. I'm just saying if, you, if, they, if it isn't for – it's one or the other thing. It's the play calling. It's the quarterback, whatever it is. That's just the way that the ball bounces. Shouldn't have been in that situation. Shouldn't have had to play in that, game, in that scenario to try and get a bowl game. They should have already had six wins at that point. Well, from the Heroes game, we go to Iowa State going to Manhattan, Kansas. Talk about coaching. Yeah, man. It's Farmageddon. <laughs> Something about he, – he, he's not there, but the, just the name on the side of the stadium, Bill Snyder. 
Iowa State cannot get past that man. <laughs> and I don't get it, dude. And they just pounded and pounded and pounded the football. Yeah, you know, I, I it looked like the Jayhawks were, were actually going to be a trap game, but you overlooked the team that beat Oklahoma. That is the wrong way to end your season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was... Do you feel like this was a disappointing season? That's kind of what people are saying, but no. I said 8-5 and five with a bowl win at the beginning of the year. I said you got to temper expectations with who you're losing at skill I never positions. think a bowl season is a disappointment. I said, I, that's, and, that's the way and I, I hope Iowa State's fan base can really understand that from where we've been. I was going to say, you can't jump to... Can't jump from where you were three years ago to that's where in, you are now. That's and a then, Nebraska thing. And yeah. get a disappointment. Yeah, saying I mean, seven and five is a, going to the Liberty Bowl is a disappointment. No, it's not. It's not. We're 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 on the way up. We're getting a, the Iowa State will have an. I mean, even better facilities starting January twenty twenty. They just started um, improvements on the north side of the field for like a a, a players lounge, and a new locker room. And so we're still headed in the right direction, and this is what I thought it was going to be. I said seven and five, and hopefully eight and five with a bowl win. I hope they get to that bowl win, man. It depends on who we play, but this was this was the season that that unfortunately I saw coming, where they didn't find a running back to establish soon enough in the season. The receivers were there, but there was a year of film on Purdy. The offensive line didn't quite mesh right away. I, I thought I thought the problem with Iowa State this year was their defense. I thought their defense did not play very well. They were hyped, very hyped going yeah, into the season. The second half of the season is where they kind of. I thought they played really bad for a good portion of the season, giving up too many. They gave up over forty points a couple of times. Like they never <laughs> did that last year. Like your offense, right. the offense was much better than it than it was last. I thought. You're putting up more points, putting up more yards. I don't know, but you couldn't the, stop anybody very well. I don't know if I agree with the Purdy assessment because a P- Purdy still um, put up insane numbers. He still had a very great season. But people are saying disappointment. Well, I think the disappointment is just the wins and losses. I mean, I, I think myself included, I thought they would finish third place in the Big Twelve. But then again. I mean, you want to talk. That about, doesn't happen when you, you lose want to talk to about. Baylor. They're not even the most disappointing team in the Big Twelve, though. The most, the most disappointing team in the Big Twelve is Texas because they were seven and five. They had the same record. Like Texas is the, but uh, and it's not my Nebraska thing. I'm not some idiot on Twitter who's like Iowa's Texas level hate. I'm like, okay, not even. A, they're I not, loved that tweet. One I of loved one that. of them is a real rival. One is one that you made up in your head. One of them is you being upset from a game ten years ago. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, back to the point at hand. Uh, I don't know. I kind of see where Brandon's coming from defensively, because there were times when their defense looked really good, and then there's a game like the Oklahoma State game where I don't even they they let those big plays right away. Um, I was impressed with the second half of the Oklahoma game because they only gave up one touchdown in the second half, and well, granted, it still is forty two points, but yeah, I mean you get. Gave up 35 points and a half. You're right. They gave up those, what, 30 points to Oklahoma State. You gave up 30 points to Kansas. Yeah, that like, Kansas that game was ugly. Kansas almost beat Texas. <laughs> okay. But I'm no, just saying you gave up right. 30 you points. You just the, gave me a look when I said Nebraska should have won more games, and you're like, well, Kansas, they the, were playing close. The secondary was not as rigid as it was. 
a uh, year before, and statistically, the defensive line did not perform as the year before with Jaquan Bailey out for a few games are to we, start the season. Are we counting bowl game on the bet? Or are we done with that? Because the regular season's over. Remember the bet that yes. you said yeah. I was saying? We have are a we bet gotta, are we on counting the defensive the bowl game? line sacks. Are we counting the bowl game? They both have a bowl game, I guess. Brandon, yeah. should we count the bowl game? I mean, I don't. It think might it, be out of reach. I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah. If I, I look it up, I, I bet Iowa has it, about close to ten more than it, Iowa State. It was. Does. I was keeping track through the first few weeks, and it was it was close. But these Epinesa past had, few weeks, had start, Epinesa if, has had like ten sacks in the anything, last like six games. Yeah. If, if it, anything, Nebraska helps you out a lot. We bumped up those numbers for you. It went downhill um, <laughs> because in my side of the bet, because Iowa's defensive line definitely um, played better over the past few weeks. But yeah, so that bet's probably over. So I owe Brandon for Iowa having more defensive line sacks than Iowa State. But I, I, I also like what you said earlier. And this says a lot about what Matt Campbell's been able to do at Iowa State is he's been able to put in the mindset of a winning culture where seven and five is a disappointment. Where a few years ago, when when uh, Bo Pelini was fired in Nebraska and he was consistently having nine wins, I remember being around Iowa State people were like, "We would kill to have nine wins. We would kill to have that." And now at seven and five, it's disappointing. So again, there's a silver lining, in right? There. But this is I'm I'm gonna call this a growth season. Like last season for Iowa State was a crescendo season where you end with the players in their senior year and you can really do things you couldn't do before and now we're back to more of a growth standpoint where you still did have record-setting performances but we're going to come back next year with a lot of the same core. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, yeah, they're a young team, especially mm-hmm. offensively. So And Purdy, uh, who, who knows? Because if <sighs> he'll stay. He's an Iowa. These Iowa State guys, they usually don't leave early. Well, he will. He'll be there next year. That's what I'm saying. Depending on how he plays next year, next that year. that could be a question. Get a Big Twelve title. But we'll see. <laughs> Speaking of Big Twelve title, moving on to more of a macro look at college football. The Big Twelve title is coming up, and it's actually going to be important. Before we get any further, I want to uh, clip this out and send this to Coach Malzahn. On behalf of anybody that's a fan of college football, thank you, sir. Thank you. You did us a service. So we and Nick Saban is the worst ranking he's ever had in the college football playoff double era. Double by digits. But, but it's double his worst ranking because his wow. worst ranking was sixth. And that he, was the worst ranking Alabama had been in the college football playoff I rankings. Think the committee ever. was a little harsh dropping them down tw- to 12. Well, it's another I, notice from the committee I that agree. Alabama's out. I agree, but it's also a, they didn't beat anybody this year. They, they, they're they only, had no ranked They're wins. only two games that they played against ranked opponents. They got they got beat. Yeah. They had no ranked They were wins. both on the road and they were both close games, but they got beat. The only one you could possibly have counted was AM and AM got AM is 7 and 5 now. They AM got Blasted against now. LSU. Granted, all of AM's losses were probably to top ten teams, yeah, right? Because their division. But anyway, because they played Clemson as well as the uh, SEC West. Thank, <laughs> I think it, I, it, it, it's it's weird though because now who's the villain? Like I said before, when we were talking about the Warriors in the NBA preseason chat, we were like, "Who's the villain now?" Because Alabama's out. Oh, I know, it's Clemson. Dabo Sweeney, shut the hell up. No, I'm so sick of Dabo Sweeney. The he the I, I don't want to sit here. 
I hear what you're what? saying. I hear what you're saying. But he's he's prepping himself based on what just happened to Alabama. You don't play anybody out of conference. You have a loss, and you might get shut out. He's such a whiny. They'll be baby. in. But the villain, I like that you bring that up, Jake. And I think this year the villain is the pers- is the team that you don't want to get the fourth spot. <laughs> oh, whoever the villain is, who you don't want six. to be number four. To me. I mean, I'm a Big 12 person. This kind of hurts, but I, I kind of it's recency bias. To me, the villain is Oklahoma because I'm, I'm here for the Utes. I'm here for the Utes. Oh, yeah, it's because people want parity and people want something new because if Oklahoma gets in, it's Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Oklahoma, Clemson. Yeah. And we've seen those three teams in a lot. Not always Ohio State, but always Clemson. We've never seen those four LSU's without never Bama. Been in, no. LSU, LSU never hasn't been in. been in, but LSU has had a lot of success recently, but not Alabama level. But yeah, it it it's got to be for me. It's Clemson. I'm so sick of Dabo Sweeney playing this underdog crap. It's like when the Patriots say nobody believes in us. It's like you have six Super Bowl rings, Tom Brady. Nobody does. We Patriots be- are done. <laughs> we believe. No, yeah, we saw that <laughs> picture. I sent you the cycle, but it's like. They don't want us in there. I get it. You were upset that you were ranked fifth. I was behind you on that. You shouldn't have been ranked fifth to the first playoff ranking. But to say they don't want us in there, I, I understand there's two ways to look at how he said it. And one way is like they don't want us in there because we're the best we've been. That's one way to do it. But that's not how he, I perceived it. I perceived it as, oh, they don't want us in there. They're scared of us. I'm like, or they don't want us in there because they don't want Clemson in there. And I'm like, dude, you've won two titles in the last four years. The committee likes you. They just didn't believe in you yet, and then you guys came out and played the best football you played all season. I was gonna say since the rankings have come out, they've won by like fifty points every week. Like they are dominating everyone now. Here's not what they were doing to start the season when everyone was questioning them. So here's the question now, because I've been seeing this a lot. Do you think the top three, regardless of what happens, if any of those teams lose, do you see them dropping out? Clem- I, I don't. The Clemson's Clemson. the only one that I think will drop out because that's a pretty bad. That's still a pretty bad loss. Even even if LSU loses, they're in. I think LSU. LSU 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 probably has a better chance of being com- going in with a loss than Ohio State does, because but of Wisconsin's like eighth, don't they? Yeah, Wisconsin's really good, and I think, but LSU has the best resume in the country. Yeah, because LSU Alabama, has the best. They've Auburn, beaten everybody. Anna, they beat Georgia. They beat. Georgia. They've already beaten Georgia once. They've already beaten. Auburn. They've already beaten no, they Texas. Play Georgia. Texas. Stomp they've Texas already beaten Florida. When we weren't they sure about Florida. It. They played Florida. I'm pretty sure because they didn't. Georgia's only lost to South Carolina. Okay, then you're right. Yeah, it was Florida then. But still, like they have four top ten wins this year. I agree with you though. I think Baylor or Oklahoma is playing villain at six or seven because, well, not 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 Baylor. You're right. It'd be Oklahoma because of the we want parity. Oh, Baylor, too, because I, I think we're at a point in, in our society for college sports fans that nobody likes Baylor. Baylor? At if, all. If Baylor gets in at number four for anything. against Ohio State, now don't get me wrong, I think anybody that plays Ohio State right now is in danger of getting skull dragged. But I'm telling you, if Baylor gets in there, they will get curb stomped into oblivion if they play Ohio Who, State. There's no way. They can compete with Ohio State. Who would be more out of their league, Baylor or Utah? Baylor. Baylor. You, you, I would give Utah a, a chance. Utah has completely a Washington Huskies chance. Utah. Utah. <laughs> this Utah team is better. This, U, year, this Utah team no, is better than those Washington oh, teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're better than that Washington team. Now, granted, that Bama team was Utah really good. Has, but Utah this has Utah a bad team loss. is top ten 
in offense and defense in the country. Like this, they're just as good as Ohio State as in terms of offense and defensive efficiency. Like so, do Baylor they win in their end? But Baylor has the best loss of the three. Baylor lost. Granted, again, it was twenty five points, but. Baylor lost by three to a, the sixth-ranked team, where Utah lost to an unranked USC team. USC is ranked now with though. a third-string quarterback. But is, their, is that only to help Baylor, or is is USC being ranked right now only to help Utah? No, I don't. They don't care about that. But Baylor has the best loss because Oklahoma lost to K State, which I think K State's ranked again. I don't I know, don't so. but it's still an eight and four K State team. Baylor has the best loss, but here's my thing. Utah has to absolutely dominate Oregon, I think, to get in. I think I could see Oklahoma jumping Utah, or whoever wins the Big 12, I think, can jump Utah. Okay, so here we go because it's, I don't all, want it to it's still all conjecture at this point. So, Brandon, I'll start with you. Oklahoma wins by 14. Utah wins by 14. Who do you put in the fourth spot? Utah. Jake? That, here's the problem. No, here's no, the, it, the, oh, it was a god. Uh, there's two answers to this it's question. It's exactly the same. But I, but they have equal wins in it, their conference is game. It, is it the exact same? Yeah. Is it because Baylor's the seventh ranked team? They're gonna look at that. They but Oregon's up, number twelve, so I, it's really I, not. I, different. I would be willing to bet on Oregon beating Baylor this year. Baylor has a stronger schedule. Oklahoma and Baylor, I think. So you're Both getting into Baylor's strength of schedule to say why Oklahoma should be in. You've already proved my point all that three, Utah, it's easier to say all, yes to Utah. I, all three have very similar strength of schedules. Uh, I, I, what's Utah's signature win? BYU? Oregon? They haven't played Oregon yet. They didn't play Oregon this year. USC. Oh, but no, you're saying they beat. They right, you're saying USC. they beat Oregon in this scenario. You're they right. You're right. Right. Oregon yeah. is their signature win. See, he he flip flopped me there. He. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I know that you said that they they had win. No, Oregon did. Has has Baylor beaten a top fifteen team this year? Other than the championship game. I'm just checking. Other than the championship so then game. It's the same. Well, then if Utah does in their championship game and Baylor does in their championship game, then Utah. Should be in, right? Because they I, beat a, a just, team in the regular season and the championship. I'm just trying to make good content. You know I, I just, You know I have Utah. It's Utah, man. Yeah, it's Utah. Yeah. I'm, uh, we're all in the same boat here. Switching gears. We have early college f- basketball to talk about. Iowa on Tuesday night. Big win in the Carrier Dome. Big 10 ACC Challenge. They beat Syracuse in New York. Without Cordell Pemsel, this was this was a very impressive win. And Brandon. Jack Nungy. Jack, Jack Nungy tore his ACL, so he's out for the year now. Oh, and Again. he didn't play last year. Yeah, he redshirted last year, and now he tore his ACL, so he's out. So is, it's year. still within time for him to get a medical redshirt. Yeah, he should be able to get a redshirt for this year again. So he'll still have, so we'll have three years, but he'll be you know thirty years old by that time. So yeah, we we will have the new Perry Ellis. But this was a a very strong win for the Hawkeyes, and in, in what was maybe not going to be seen as the strongest year going into the season. Uh, Bohannon played well, and, and what do you yeah, see from Bohannon the Hawkeyes early? I mean, I was wrong about Garza. Garza's playing unbelievable. I mean, he's averaging like 20 and 12 right now. Like, he's playing incredible. He's playing like first team all Big Ten Like so a big man. Year. Yeah, he's playing. Yeah. He's, he's really good. He's playing a lot better than he did last year, and I think he, he is our best player. I mean, Wieskamp has shot the ball well, and Bohannon got hot last game. In the second half, so if Bohannon can can continue to play, we'll still see if he's actually going to going to stay out there. Connor McCaffrey's top five in the country in terms of assist to turnover. He's at about five 
five assists to turnover this year so far. I mean, McCaffrey's playing really well as well. So I'm, I'm definitely – it's going a lot better than I thought it would, especially after a win against uh, Texas Tech a couple – like last week, top – what I think they were number 12. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a pretty good win as an early season win for Iowa. Well, the most important win of the early season could come this week. Next game is against Michigan, who just beat Iowa State. Michigan was unranked, beat Iowa State and – Another game or two they that beat week. Iowa State, they won, North Carolina. They won and all Gonzaga. three games. Yeah. Thank you. I knew that they. It wasn't just Iowa State. Shot up to, but like they fourth. went to four from unranked. Didn't they just lose to Louisville? It was a record. Yeah, they got beat by Louisville. It was a record for. Um, you have to go unranked to four. Yeah, <laughs> that is an incredible jump. And Jawan Howard. Who they beat though? That's that's insane. Jawan Howard doing a great coaching job, and Iowa has a huge chance here against Michigan. And Iowa's had a lot of success against Michigan the last few years. In conference, but I think they beat them two out of the last three years. That could lead into a very exciting Iowa versus Iowa State Cyhawk basketball game next week. I believe next Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 you'd think I'd know. I've been working in Ames so much. I should know by now. Right, but both teams have games before then, so we'll know a little more. But they they seem a few few losses, more wins than losses for both teams so far. Iowa State looking a little under what we thought. Iowa looking a little over what we thought. And we'll have a lot more exciting talk in the next <laughs> week or, and two as we get I, to the Cyhawk game. I, I feel bad for Iowa State. I feel bad for Nebraska basketball. Yeah. Funny about that. <laughs> no, I feel bad for Iowa State because they had to play Sefton Hill twice in a matter of days because of the battle for Atlantis thing. Did you, say, are, did you say, what, excuse me, what school? Sefton Hill? Is that what it is? Isn't it? What, what am I What? What is it? Cause I, Seton. Seton. Why do I keep saying Seton? Seton Hall. Seton, Seton Hall. Man, I've been up since like 4 a.m. <laughs> no, I thought you were talking I, about a person. Here's, here, Jake, here's your glasses. Sure yeah, I know. I was like, is that is that the star player? I thought that was a guy. Sure I did Sefton too. Hill is some actor or something. You, that is Hall. too specific. You Seton. pulled that from somewhere. It's some person. It's Baby Yoda's real name. <laughs> no, Seton Hall. What? Sefton Hill. Where did that? Wow. Had a boomer moment just now. Um, Seton Hall. But yeah, they play them within, I think, nine days of each other. Yeah. Uh, that, that just the thing, because they already had their agreement did with Iowa the Big State East. win any games at the They won tournament? one against won Alabama. One. Okay. And they won a uh, best crowd moment with, with the guy with 20 beers in his hand. Our new mascot. It was like somebody had a close-up screen grab and had him notched, and it was like 26. And the best part is, is like this video is like anything. 50 seconds long, and 10 seconds in, he adjusts his glasses like he's looking straight at you into the camera and then just goes up with the beers. And Where? then they saw him again at the next game. He looks like the like, biggest bro of all time. He's My a, hero. Tattoo, he, big tattoo over his heart. He's got, got a, a Hawaiian shirt. like Iowa State Hawaiian chest, shirt. Like barely even wearing it. Yeah, Iowa State Hawaiian shirt. You could tell that dude was enjoying every minute of his Bahama vacation. He is wearing <laughs> snowboarding shades in a basketball game. Also, under a bucket hat. Also... <laughs> Oh my God! Let's st- let's stop. Okay, I get the idea of doing the Bahama stuff, but if we're this gonna, is my Halloween costume next year. If we're gonna do it, don't do it in a freaking ballroom, okay? Let let's figure out a thing where they can play in the. No, Bahamas. I like it. No, because they shoot a three and the power goes out. You know what I like <laughs> is you know if you could do it outside, that would be a cool way. I really loved yeah, how they that. did the like street ball. I liked how there was the carrier 
classic. Oh, on the they on don't do the, that anymore, do they? I think so. On I the think ship, they do. did they do that this year? I don't. I didn't I don't see know. anything for it this year. Well, they do like different stuff. So. But I love the Carrier Classic, and so if you can do more things like that, find a way to make college basketball really stick out in the beginning of the season and have outdoor games in these places. Have games in ballrooms and in places where you don't normally have I just these don't basketball like how games. It was lit. It wasn't lit very well. I thought the game was lit. No, the game was lit itself. Yeah. And, and the Iowa State crowd. That's one, of the, that's one of the bigger tournaments in, besides Maui. I'd say Battleford Atlantis is probably the second biggest one, well, unless you want to count the, the NIT. There was the I just don't one. like the mood lighting. It's too sexy to watch basketball. It's got that nice dim lighting. It's too sexy. I don't like it. Make it bright. How would you feel if you are a 20-year-old college basketball player and you get told you're not going to Maui, you're going to Portland? Because Phil Knight is throwing himself an 80th birthday party that includes an invitational basketball tournament of Nike schools. And your school is contracted by Nike. So guess where <laughs> you're going? Portland. <laughs> that, Portland? That sucks. <laughs> or Maui. Uh, or the Bahamas. I've been to Portland. It's like a shanty town. I'm just kidding. Portland's nice. Yeah, but don't say that. Those, those there are people a lot come, of homeless people They there. come after you. Is it must be a West Coast thing. It probably is. Because there's a lot of them in California. Careful. Stick to sports. LA's bad. I'm not trying to be, po- <laughs> let's, let's I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying when I was in Portland, there were when a lot of homeless LA. people. <laughs> and when I was in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, walking down, like, we went down the, the main... Um, Road, the main road for Tempe, like the Arizona State where all the shops and the bars and yeah. the cool stuffs are. Um, went down that road during the day. Bunch of cool people. It's what you expect from a college town. Everybody looks beautiful and like they're having fun. Mm. Go there at night and <laughs> there's a dude hunched sitting under every tree on the sidewalk. They had like a shanty town. They have police on horses, which I didn't think they did outside of New York City or the border <laughs> anymore. <laughs> And they're just going up and down. You've never seen mounted police? Not outside of Canada. (laughs) Okay, back to sports. And that was Psyhawk basketball (laughs) talk for the week. Good God. Thank you, guys. You're the best for listening to us. Off the rails. Oh, off the rails and out of the basket in the net. We have the NBA off-court moment of the week. It was actually an on-court moment this week. But the craziest moment this week, every child has thought of, what if this happens when they're playing hoops in their backyard? And this week, James Harden made a shot with such a spin and torque on the ball that it flipped up under using the net, and the net flipped it back in again. (laughs) It was a double. It was a double make. But Um, the ref um, said it wasn't a make because it was, like, net movement and... So he didn't get the bucket. No, he got the bucket. He got the bucket? Yeah. It went in once. <laughs> was I looking at? No, I was looking at Rob Perez's tweet saying the refs just said this is worth four points. <laughs> but it was a wild moment, something, you know, the NBA, this league, finds something every week that you've never seen before. In the same game, the league, they in double overtime to end the game, they called a charge on, or they called a char, or blocking foul on James Harden that the league gen, gen said it was a, the wrong call, which cost them the game. And the Rockets tried to protest and say that they should be given the win because the refs messed up and cost literally cost them the game. But the league is not, was not up for that. They're not gonna, yeah, they're 
No. They're not going to do that. No, and I, all I want to say about that is you should listen to the Pardon My Take interview with Tim Donaghy from about two weeks ago, the disgraced band NBA ref. The guy that was kicked out of the NBA for betting on games. It was oh, an incredible yeah. I interview. Need to listen to that, actually. Yes. And so he talks about how the NBA, they do, the NBA doesn't say it, but there's a guy that brags and calls himself the Game 6 ref because if the NBA wants a Game 7, It'll they make him the Game 6 ref. And that is just, just blows my mind that they really do tamper in the NBA. And it's all about ratings. I'm starting to believe the, the NFL is rigged. I'm, I'm in that camp. Uh, if the NFL was rigged, the Dolphins wouldn't have a win. That's true. <laughs> the and Bengals win win by no, 17 no, or whatever it was. No, no, no. The NFL is rigged against me. How many times I got to tell you guys I'm a victim of conspiracies all the time with the NFL. And on to Actually, the NFL. I went 4-1 this week. So for last about? week, yeah. yeah we I had, did horrible. Yeah, you, you botched it. We had an interesting week last week. You pulled week. a Jake. <laughs> Three Thursday games, and the best thing was Jerry cried. <laughs> Jeez. You got, if you... If you want proof that men watch soap operas, it is Jerry Jones Cowboys. They are just, every single year, they find ways to be the most drama-filled cesspool in the NFL. Did you hear what he said? It's unbelievable. Just since the weekend, did you hear what Jerry said on his radio show? No, I haven't. He said, Jason Garrett will be a coach in the NFL next year. (laughs) Word for word. Just fire him. So in Dallas. He didn't say in Dallas. He, he didn't say he ain't going anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a coordinator job. No, not even that. Not even that. The thing is, I, the, it's such a bad environment. Who would want the job? The people nobody, say Lincoln nobody. Riley. You think Lincoln Riley is going Jeez. to leave being God of Norman, Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why would he leave? To get a 2 a.m. call from Jerry saying, hey, I've been watching tape on this special teams guy. We should trade for him. We no. <laughs> I can't think of anybody who would want that job. I this except is, except Hugh Jackson. This is the thing that I don't understand about the Dallas Cowboys, and it it has to be Jason Garrett. It has to be coaching because they have a very talented roster, number one offense in the league, and there's six and there's and six, six and six. And nothing taken away from the Bills. I've been saying all season the Bills are a good football team. They're a playoff team, but. Man, they got worked at home. They gave up 26 unanswered points until they scored a garbage time touchdown. I watched that whole game, and I, you know, I gotta say, I, <laughs> I have a buddy that's a Cowboys fan. I don't hate the Cowboys. I, li- I, I like watching them lose because it is. It's like NBA Twitter. It's the most entertaining thing on Twitter is watching people just trash the Cowboys. Yeah, and it's. It's so bad. It is so. It was watching a train wreck on Thanksgiving. The whole NFC East is a train wreck. Did you see my tweet? You should, the winner of the AFC or the NFC East should not be allowed in the playoffs. I'm telling you, there's going to be a six and ten or seven and nine team in the playoffs. It's going to be the AFC champ, AFC East or NFC East champ. And that's I was referring to a tweet where I said AFC East is greater than the NFC East because <laughs> the Dolphins worked the Eagles. Eagles had a wide open chance, and they're just like. No, we're going to get beat by Fitzmagic. And not just beat, whooped on. Fitzmagic, baby. Don't let that final score fool you. They baby. were getting worked. They had that stupid kicker to punter touchdown. I was like, God. That was beautiful. The best part of that was the pettiness of that. The Dolphins lineman literally pointed and laughed at every single Eagles player. It was hilarious. 
Uh, I mean, he doesn't have many things also, to be I, happy about also, this season. Shout out to Josh Allen, man. He's he's making me a believer. I like that guy. But he does it with his legs, and I never saw when he was at Wyoming. I never saw him as a looks great in shorts. <laughs> Look, too bad he doesn't get to wear him very often up there in Buffalo. What I like to do, man, is uh, put the water on his leg and watch the hair stick up. He no. can hurdle people. Don't do that. That's, no, that's, stick, that's to that's marquee, Paul. stick to sports. Stick to sports. Yeah, he's so easy. He's so easy to make fun of. Um, yeah. Uh, what else can I say about the Cowboys? Uh, nothing else really. Uh, the Lions. Doing lion thing, lions things, because they get David Blow or Blow, Blow, because uh, I saw a meme that said lions blow the lead. Um, even back to the Cowboys real quick. Jason Garrett memes are the best because it's a picture of Jason Garrett and he's got his hands up like shrugging. He's like, I don't know what happened. I clapped and I clapped and I clapped and nothing happened. <laughs> oh, the Cowboys, the gift that keeps on giving. The thing about the lions though, is that they can't fire Matt Patricia because you can't blame him with a third-string quarterback, can you? And then the XFL blocks him having a quarterback. Yeah. You got the guy blocked by the XFL. This is what happens. He put out a product like this. Uh, but besides that, on Thursday, the Saints clinched their third straight South title. Yawn. Yeah. Nothing the, else going that on. That was pretty cool, though. I'll give him credit. You rarely ever see a team get three onside kicks because they had two, and then one of them got the penalty, and then... Yeah, I tweeted, like, you have been blessed by the double onside <laughs> the kick. Double Retweet rainbow. for good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but they still lost um, because, duh. On Sunday, uh, Ravens beat the 49ers. 49ers look vulnerable to good teams. <sighs> Seahawks, Ravens lose to the Packers. Domin- or they dominate the Packers. I'm telling you, the Ravens are going on a tear. This is like 2015. That started week one. Where have you been? They are like the 2015. Yeah, they Carolina did lose Panthers to the Browns now. at home. They got crushed by the Remember Browns. that. Ooh. <laughs> that yeah, would, that would not happen Chiefs. next a week. A Browns team that just lost to a third string quarterback named Duck. Okay. So don't. Eh, they're not perfect. The Browns haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. <laughs> I was eight. Hey, Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Pittsburgh finished it. I was seven. I was seven <laughs> last time. I just... How can Cleveland be the cockiest, crappiest team on... How can you have it's so Baker. much swag while being such garbage? I don't understand. It's the passion from Baker and OBJ, and it starts from the top down, man. They just Freddie Kitchens has no control. If the Patriots acted like this, I would understand it. They would never because that is not their locker room. Right, because that's not what a good orgi- organization does. That's, that's not, not what professionals that's do. That's not what coaching promotes. And I, it, it, it just shows the coaching ability of Mike Tomlin to win a game like that. I, playing against Cleveland's best team. I heard he drew up a new defense at halftime on the board. In the locker room, doesn't, in front of his players. If, he drew up and said, this is what we're doing in the second half. Mike Tomlin makes the playoffs and doesn't get coach of the year, it's bogus. It, he it, should already have it locked up. It's yeah, him, to be it, honest. Uh, Seven and five with a third string quarterback. I don't know about that. John Harbaugh's going to have a good shot at it. You're right. But, but John Harbaugh's playing with start NFL starters. John Harbaugh's also playing with Lamar Jackson. Right. And the I Pittsburgh Steelers don't have their three best offensive players, and they're still winning games. I get that, but it's hard for... And they, and they just lost... L- a B and Bell. Like I, 
I'd be willing to assume it's been a good, t- a long time since a, it wasn't a double-digit winning coach that won Coach of the Year. And so that's why I think Tomlin has an uphill battle. But he's done the best job of any oh, coach absolutely. this year. I'm not going to argue that. I agree with you. But I think that, you know, it, it's like the NBA MVP goes to usually a player that's on the top two teams in their conference. Yeah. It's, it's success breeds awards. <sighs> it's just... I'm sorry. It just, it's Freddie Kitchens. God. Oh, my daughter gave me the shirt. <laughs> cool. You, you think I wear everything did, my grandma gives me? Like your, what? Did, I don't even wear the stuff my mom gives. No. Me. Did your Did your daughter teach you how to coach too, Freddie? I think so. Cause you're terrible. You're terrible. You're terrible. How can you have Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and still be this bad? It's It's unbelievable. It's one more One more thing about Ravens Forty ers game. Would you guys trade a first round pick for Justin Tucker? No, no, he's, man. You don't Dude's think clutch. he's that valuable? No. It's just a kicker. <laughs> if you're the Bears. <laughs> the Buccaneers the last few years. But I'm, okay. Buccaneers got a kicker. Let now, me so. give you a better example. A team that is close to winning things, like hey, the Bears, that Bucks have a horrible kicker. Do you really think the Bears are, are a kicker away from, from a Super Bowl? Not this year. But <laughs> with their horrible <laughs> kicking woes, just... I, I see your face and just the stone allow me stone face look on Brandon right now. It's allow beautiful. me, please. The Ravens haven't won with Justin Tucker. What makes you think that he's gonna help another team win? He's 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 not the foundation, but he's the icing on the cake that makes it good. You ain't trading a first round pick for somebody that's the icing on the cake. You wouldn't. Well, the, the Steelers that, that gave was your a first rounder for not, Mika Fitzpatrick. Mika Fitzpatrick is way more valuable than Justin Tucker is. I, oh my I'm, god, are you kidding I me? I think Mika I'm going to disagree with that. You're going to disagree with that. Yeah. Oh, put put me on th- play fire under me for the hot take, I guess. <laughs> what, crackling? I think that Justin Tucker is way more valuable in a game than Mika Fitzpatrick. I get Mika he's an all-star. Fitzpatrick has helped transform that defense. You're talking about a guy that I know can get me points within 50 yards. So can Mika Fitzpatrick. Remember he had like Mika what? Fitzpatrick probably has almost as many points as Justin Tucker has this year. <laughs> that's an exaggeration. <laughs> he has like three Completely. touchdowns. Okay, that's it's a little bit of an exaggeration. That's 18 points. And Justin Tucker only kicks extra points because they, they score a touchdown every time. Yeah, Lamar's always scoring touchdowns. Mm. The Ravens' offense is too good to kick field they goals. They just got to get within 60 yards, and he can kick every time. I think he is, and maybe it's because of the others at his position, I think he is one of the 30 most valuable players in the NFL. Not worth a first-round pick. No kicker is worth a first-round pick. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Would you ever draft a kicker the, in the first round? The Raiders did. <laughs> Who, uh, Janikowski? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it's a first-round pick. I'm, I'm going to have to do that. But I, I guess I guess either. I am in the... <sighs> I'm not buying that. I'm in the minority here, but, you know, that's why we are loud and we are opinionated. <laughs> Ooh. Moving on to the Redskins winning a game and getting <laughs> Ron Rivera fired. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that really sucks, but, you know... I think it's good for him because he gets a jump on the coaching search for next year. He'll definitely have a job next year. He's a good coach, in no, my opinion. No, he sucks. No, I'm kidding. He'll have a job. Took a team to a Super Bowl and had a great tweet thanking the media. Um, Being fair to him, yeah. Yeah, saying, I never said this. Or, I haven't said this yet, but thank you guys for being fair to me for nine years. Class act. And, you know, class act. it says a lot about him, too, because when that happened, Cam Newton put out a uh, very heartfelt 
yeah Instagram thing saying thank you for letting me be me and not trying to make something turn me into something I'm not and believing in me like so I don't think Ron Rivera is a bad guy I think he really cared about his players and uh, that's unfortunate that they lost uh, a coach to that um I think it just makes it more likable when you when you know he was Mike Singletary's backup on the '85 Bears. Before you get uh, go pack go, can I can I have the floor for siege the day with Jake Williams, please, sir? Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers officially killed Big Dick Nick on the football field, and I that's the only time I've actually referred to him by his full name. Nick Foles got benched because he played so bad against the Buccaneers' defense. And shout out to rookie Devin White, who uh, had a fumble recovery for a touchdown and an interception. Finally, showing what he's made of. The defense played very well. It was twenty-five to nothing at halftime. That's two weeks in a row. Tampa has dominated teams. Granted, not good teams. They were. <laughs> it was the Falcons followed up by the Jaguars. I get that, but I, I'm. I'm. It's a glimpse into the window of what can be possible if Bruce Arians, you know, gets his, gets his shush together. Um, yeah, I was, just, I was very impressed with how, how they played. Jameis has played well. I just don't trust him. That's the thing. Is I, I want to say that he could be the franchise, but I just don't trust him. I really don't. Because it, it's primed for him to have a game where he throws three picks. <laughs> like this next game. But it, it five and seven, given how bad they've looked at times, I'm pretty happy with it. I would like them to be better, obviously. But uh, go Bucks. We ended BDN. You're now in second place, aren't you? Now the B. I mean, in the NFC Saints, South, Saints have wrapped it up anyway. Well, so. I understand that, but you're still in second place now. They're currently seated. So congratulations, you get to face the. You know the Eagles next year, and yeah, the, at this point in the season, you should want to tank to get the fourth, fourth instead of facing schedule. the Lions, and the, yeah, you get to play the second Technically, place team. Technically, uh, they're seeded ninth right now, so they're not out of it. They're still on the hunt. They would have to win out, and the Vikings would have to lose they're out. They're gonna have to win the last four games, which include the Colts, the Texans. They'll probably lose that one, but they could they could very well beat the Colts because the Colts are in the middle of a skid right now. They they're probably not gonna beat the Texans. They could definitely beat the Lions. Because the Lions are one of those last four teams. And I think they have to play Atlanta one more time, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because they played Saints twice. They played the Panthers twice and, twice and the Falcons their last game. Entirely possible. Not so much with the Texans after what they did in New England. But 8-8, eight and eight, very possible. And what did I say, guys? Buy, sell, or hold. I said 8-8 eight and eight to start the season. So Right on track. Jake is right. I want to give some time to... The most forgotten star, I would say, of the NFL this past year, two years. Somebody that Brandon has actually advocated for a few times here. I'm going to give you some stats. Over the past 16 regular season games, Derrick Henry has over 1,700 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns. That is impressive. That is outstanding. Who even gets that many touches to be able to do that anymore? Rob's played in bed either. So it's a competitive division. Texans, Titans. But yeah, yeah, it's impressive. He's he's right. And he's got over 100 rushing yards in the past three games. So the Titans are on an upswing right now. They just beat the Colts, and maybe people are going to start paying attention to Derrick Henry. And they play they play the Texans two out of the next. 
two times in the next four weeks. Oh, for, never mind. That's for the division. <laughs> <laughs> that's for the division. Those two game, those two teams. Uh, I just wanted to give Derrick Henry a little love. I think he deserves it. The Chiefs forty to nine over the Raiders. They're twenty five and three against the AFC West in the past four Man, years. Were we wrong about the Raiders? The Raiders. Were we wrong? No, we thought they weren't good, and then people were like, "Wait, are they good?" And then we're back to them not being good. Hey, we all three of us bought into the hype. Don't act like you did. We we bought in like I said a month they, in. I said that <laughs> I said that they were going to win five games this year. And then when they got to six and had the Bengals twice, or the Bengals and the they play some bad teams. I assumed that they would, and then they, yeah, they go and, the and then they go and score three points against the Jets. <laughs> yeah, a team that just gave up twenty-two points to the Bengals. The Raiders just don't feel like a complete team. They're not quite there yet, but I can I, the piece. The, 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 I can see the puzzle coming together soon. But the, they're a young team, man. What do you expect? You literally. Built this team out of the out of draft picks. I mean, how many players are like rookies or second year guys on this team? I mean, I think Derrick Henry probably the most tenured player on this team. I'm Besides not Mariota, or or excuse me, Mariota. I was yeah, like, Wait, no, what? I was looking at Texans stuff still. Here. I was looking yeah. at Texans <laughs> stuff like, still. That's not the same. Or Titans. That's yeah. Um, yeah, he really did come in at a transition point, and it's felt like who's going to buy in when they're going to be moving in a year. So we're back to square one because it's the end of the year and the players aren't caring anymore. They bought in. The players bought in for a month and a half and now they're back out of it. <laughs> uh, well, we lost again. Yeah, it's over. Who cares? Exactly. Move on. <laughs> Dolphins won, beat the Eagles. And Doug, it's magic. Peter, Doug Peterson said in the postgame press conference, that's a good football team about the Dolphins. <laughs> He's not. We'll talk about this in the in the segment later, but uh, I don't think Doug Peterson loses his job, but I do think their defensive coordinator does. I have to look up his name, but uh, yeah, that that you you can't tell me that that is a good. That's not true. I think the Dolphins have spurts. I think they really like their coach and they play hard for him because there's a couple games that they won that they probably shouldn't have this year, but. The Eagles should be better than the, the Dolphins. They won a Super Bowl two years ago, and I understand when you win a Super Bowl, teams pluck your players, and it, it changes and all that. But my goodness, the Dolphins, and they got a garbage time field goal to so make it thirty-seven to thirty-one. But it, it was thirty-seven to twenty-eight for a long time. Right. Ugh. Yeah, that shows you the Eagles are done for this year, man. Other Sunday games. No, they could still win though. That's the craziest. No, it's thing. not gonna happen. They could still get in the playoffs. Do you trust the Cowboys? I don't trust the Cowboys. I don't trust the Cowboys, but I trust the. Dude, I think the you Eagles have a division, are more sporadic. When you have a division that is starting Eli Manning this week, because Daniel Jones has been broken <laughs> by this terrible Giants team, and you also have a team that wants to be sold to Jeff Bezos in your division, there's still a chance. So the AFC North is really bad because um, Andy Dalton's starting again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The AFC North is bad. There's only one good team in the AFC. Well, to the back, there's two. There's the Steelers. But so Browns aren't good. No, we should play back our preseason predictions. I jumped off that bandwagon a long time ago. I abandoned ship after they went two and six. Well, before that, before two and six, yeah. Some other Sunday games before we come back around to go pack go. We have Rams, but Rams beating the Rams. 
Wait, what? <laughs> did you put Rams beating the Rams? Oh, you did. Rams 34. They have this year. They've played themselves this year. They have. They have beaten themselves. They pulled the DJ Callies. I have no real faith in the Rams, but, you know, they have a big game this week. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Otherwise, Broncos over the Chargers in classic Chargers fashion. You how does that I don't that think I've ever happen? seen a loss like that. You, how? You hate to see it. You hate, you hate to see it. You hate to see it, but you know it's coming. Because it's the Chargers. If you're the Chargers, screw it, man. Keep losing and get your future. Phillip Rivers is done. It's time to it's it's time to move on. The Giants figured it out with Eli, and I've said this before on this podcast. Giants figured it out with Eli. Not so much because Danny Dimes is that's I don't think that's Daniel Jones' fault. It's just he's surrounded. Daniel Jones has played well, except for the he just fact doesn't that have he, a good team. Except for the fact that he can't hang on to the ball. He's fumbled it like ten times. It's hard when you get so hard the logo pops off your helmet. That was insane. Well, you've seen that before. I've never seen that was that was crazy. But I mean, he hadn't he had he hadn't thrown an interception in like five games, but he fumbles the fumbles ball constantly all the he time. Does, yeah, that's that's been his problem. He's this, almost this like Jameis. Shut up. Jameis has like what, uh, is it like eleven interceptions, eight fumbles, something he, like that. Jameis is in a rare club, my friends. He has twenty touchdowns and twenty interceptions. <laughs> I don't even know if Favre ever even got to that point. Twenty and twenty. Yep, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm he probably well, did. No, Favre threw more than twenty. More than twenty touchdowns, but he probably got twenty interceptions. He got oh, well, he did get twenty Multiple interceptions, times, but I don't know if it was like. That's that what, that close to each other. The thing about Favre is he was at thirty-five touchdowns and twenty interceptions. But that's the thing, man. I don't get these gunslinger like people like these gunslinger quarterbacks. It always happens. It happens because there are good ones like Pat Mahomes, and then there's not good ones. But like that's James the thing. Is James, Pat Mahomes doesn't throw interceptions James, either. Exactly. That's the point. Is he's James a gunslinger be that, that doesn't that bad because Jameis has so much freaking talent. Like the. Buccaneers offense Jameis Squinston. is so good. It, 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 it is their strength. You've got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, an amazing one-two combo. Jake, you're talking about physical talent. What about his talent between the ears? That's what gives you interceptions. He is closer to... About, I was talking about his team. Yeah, but to bring it back, no, so I know you what stop. You're so to, I know what you're saying. You're, you're, t- you're, you're putting saying. it on receivers to defend Jameis, but I'm not... I'm going to say that he's more towards the it, the intellectual side of quarterback. We're looking more towards the Jamarcus Russell side than oh, the Peyton Manning yeah. side, okay? Yeah, I don't know about that. That's uh, I know about that. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> <laughs> Hey, did Jamarcus Russell have a winning season? I I don't think so. Has yeah, James had, had one winning season. Win. <laughs> uh 2016. They went 9 and 7 and missed the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> but they well, it was James. a winning season. Including, they ripped off five straight wins. So we had a grudge match this week: Steelers Browns. We already said a lot about this game. The Browns' last win in Pittsburgh was September of two thousand three. Steelers came out definitely looking more ready for this game. Let me ask you: uh, free pouncy. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Who looked like the professionals and who looked like uh, college? And not just, I'm not talking talent-wise. I'm talking mentality-wise, and we've talked about it already. The Browns are not professional in they're any not. way. They're not. Their coach isn't even professional. Why? Why? That just pisses me off. I'm sorry. It, it, it's just there's, it shows no respect for a guy. Granted, Mason Rudolph probably did start that fight, but it's like, are you telling me you're getting behind a guy for physically assaulting someone like that? What are you trying to say, coach? Seriously. Right. 
before we get into our two prime times to recap, still let's do from Sunday afternoon. Go Pack Go. Yeah. And this week, oh, a return to form. 31-13 win over the Giants in a snowy Lambeau. The best conditions oh, there yeah. are. Tough, tough team York. in the New oh, York Giants. Super tough. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> what? I do enjoy snow games, though. Yeah. Snow games are the best no matter where they're played. Anyway. I just, w- there's snow and it's Packers, Giants, and I just have this PTSD of <laughs> Lambeau in January of 2007. Or 2008. It was 2007, wasn't it? Cause I think it was January 2008 of the 07 the season. That's yeah. the Giants team that beat the Patriots. Yeah, the because they come into Lambeau for the conference championship, and Brett Favre's final pass as a Packer was an interception. Eli goes Fitting. on. Fitting. Yeah, Eli goes on to uh, defeat the Giants, and the rest is history, which the Packers could have beat that Patriots team. But that's... <laughs> That's that's a documentary for a different day. Oh, my gosh. But this week, the Packers looked really good. And here's what I really liked for, um, going later into the season. I really liked how crisp we looked in inclement weather for the passing game, Brandon. What did you think? Well, I was disappointed in Aaron Jones for a second straight week. He's, I think he's had less than 30 yards rushing in the last two games each. I think we need to get Aaron Jones going more. He was being targeted, though. Yeah, he finally had a catch. He hadn't had a catch in like three weeks, I think, before last game. But I thought it was a step in the right direction. But I wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a dominant performance by any means. I think they they still have some things they need to figure out on offense and on defense. We forced turnovers, and that's that's how that's what makes it's crazy. You look at the stats. Packers are not overly dominant in any stat on an offense or defense, but where they are really good is in the red zone. They score touchdowns in the red zone. That's why they're winning games. That's what makes, that's why when the defense forces turnovers, the Packers are almost unbeatable because they give the offense a short field. And I think the Packers have, they're like, they score a touchdown like over 60% of the time when they're in the red zone, which is like second or third in the league. But we need, we got. We have to. We have to play better on defense. Still, I think you can't. We're giving up a lot of big plays still, yeah. and they're still living off those turnovers. Yeah, it's a sink or swim. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, here's something that I really like. That. It it does seem like it's it's from the coaches that the Packers are three and zero after losses this year, and that's that's a stat I really like because you keep moving forward. You never stop. Um, you don't allow yourself to skid in any way because look at the talk that is happening in Texas right now with two losses to the Cowboys back to back. Or well, yeah, they went on streaks because they're three and zero, oh, then three and three, and yeah. then two here. Yeah, they 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 can't, they seem to pile it on. Whereas you know the Packers aren't; they're chugging along. Right, and so it's it's good that you are able to not. Focus after a loss on the loss. You're able to focus on next week immediately, build a plan that works, and keep yourself from losing back-to-back. I think that's very important going forward to get a bye and get a home game or two in the playoffs. Still got a very good chance of getting a bye. Yes, so. like that. They'll, they'll win the division. Thank you, Jake. <laughs> and that was <laughs> Go Pack Go. <laughs> on our night games, Texans over the Patriots. Hey, y'all. Uh, 
I liked that. I don't know why you like this. I just like when the Patriots lose. Why? They're going to win the Super Bowl now. Yeah, so it's nice to savor their losses. <laughs> and then They're not going to win, dude. I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens. I don't think that, nah. And Ravens are going. I think the Patriots have a pretty good chance of beating the Ravens. I I have to Real agree quick, with Brandon here. Good job, Houston. You almost made yourself into a meme, but you survived. Showing up in SWAT gear. Yeah, that could have been real bad. And then somebody was like, what, are they trying to be the shield from WWE? But yeah. Bring back the shield. Because usually when that happens, when people try to pull out gimmicks against uh, the Patriots, does not end well. Doesn't end no, well. especially against the Patriots. I'm not for pre-game gimmicks like this in sports because you're setting yourself up to fail. Like there was a, a playoff game two or three seasons ago between the Celtics and the Wizards where, yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. I know, Wizards were in the playoffs. And <laughs> God, <laughs> and there was a fight in a game. And so the next game, the Celtics, all 12 dressed or 13 dressed Celtics wore all black to the game because like it was suits? it was they wore all black all black everything because it was the Wizards funeral <laughs> and I was That's just crazy. like dude dude what are you doing you can't do this I don't like showing up in shirts that say that's all folks to your last game for a place I don't like a shirt that says they started it I, show me on the field yeah I mean I like the idea of like expressing yourself but it's also like here's express yourself positively. But here's the way I look at it too: is it's I know you want to, and, and that's what I said about that. Well, that was my issues with Odell and his stuff with the the watch and the cleats and all this stuff. And it's like I get you want to express yourself and have a uh, you know show your personality, but it's also you're going to work. You are wearing your work uniform. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I can't show up to work at Office Depot in SWAT gear, people would be like, are you going to shoot up the place? Like, just go and do your job. And, it, and I get it. I do because it's the Patriots and they're the evil empire. And I understand that. But it's like, dude, show it on the field. And they did. They showed that, you know, they, until that rally late, they were dominating that football game. <sighs> Patriots offense needs to... Figure something That's out. That's why I don't think they'll beat the Ravens. AB's coming back. Because uh, <laughs> the Ravens get up a couple touchdowns. They win. I know that the Patriots have an ex- excellent defense, but Tom Brady in that offense is not playing well. And I'm not saying that the dynasty's over because that's stupid. It's stupid. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are never out of the game. But please, Ravens, beat them. You know who is out of every Monday night game is Kirk Cousins. <laughs> oh and eight. Did you see the thing I shared on Loud Sports Facebook page? Mm-hmm. Owen was his last name. Owen. Owen. This is why I picked against the Vikings in the primetime picks. And I, I, I said, you cannot trust Kirk Cousins. Yes, he beat the Cowboys, but we found out who the Cowboys are. You can't trust him in primetime. You just can't. Can't do it. I don't think the loss is on Kirk Cousins. No, it's not his fault. This game all. is not his fault, but. I like making fun of Kirk Cousins. Like the that. Seahawks played, an, I mean, except for the weird, crazy off-the-back interception, Seahawks played an almost flawless game. To like, how, you know, it, It's hard to keep up with a team that executes perfectly, that, and that's why it's hard to beat the Patriots a lot of the time. That pick six was so bizarre. Weird. Because he's trying to slap it down, but yeah. then his hand gets hit, it sort of volleys it up. An like, incredible, un, 
Russell Wilson-like move to bat the ball in the air. I mean, I can't think of any time I've ever seen a quarterback keep well, a ball to smack airbound. Down. I did not see that. It looked like to me he was trying to get it yeah, to the guy five yards up. I oh, thought, I he, thought was, he was. I kind of. Agree. I didn't look like he was trying to hit it straight down in the ground. It for looks. Whatever it looks reason. like he's trying to hit it forward, and I think oh, he okay, thinks his yeah. back was closer to the pocket. The, because there so is got hit and it there's, threw it there's off. a running back like four yards in front of the line of scrimmage. And from the angle that I was looking at, it looked like Russ panics trying to get the ball to his guy. And it just did not work out that way because I just Russell Wilson is not a guy that makes mistakes like that. Yeah, that was a bizarre play. That was almost how bizarre. <laughs> I thought that game was going to be Rams Chiefs from last season. Because it was shaping up that way. Because at 34 to 17, then here come the Vikings out of nowhere, scoring two touchdowns, and and they had a chance. Minnesota pulled the most Minnesota thing, missing that extra point. I was like, of course you do, of course you missed that extra point. But yeah, it was fun. It's the first time in a while we've had a fun Monday night game. First time in a few weeks. Um, it it is, and I've said it last week, and I'll continue to say it. And I think people, more people are. The MVP race is a lot closer than people think between Lamar Jackson and uh, Russell Wilson. I think they're the top two, but I think from a media standpoint, the writing's on the wall at this point. Big trust. Could we, could we see, do we think it's possible we see Russ meeting Lamar in the Super Bowl? I think it's entirely oh, possible. I think that's a huge possibility. I disagree with. Um, I'm 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 backing off the Niners. I think the Seahawks are looking like the best team in the NFC. I just don't like when we get two birds as mascots <laughs> in a game like that. It's like, come on, man. The <laughs> like, NFL has the like game eight itself, bird mascots. It, it should be fun, but I don't want two birds. I hate it. It's just too much. There's too many birds and cats. <laughs> there are a lot of cats. Did you say? Did you see the stat that like? And it's probably true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Since no. the cat know. showed up, <laughs> yeah. since the cat showed up on Monday night, every cat team is like, oh, it until hasn't now, won a game. until now, the Bengals just won this Broke week. The streak, so yeah. the Bengals are the first cat mascot <laughs> to win since the cat was on the field. <laughs> oh man, you should see the levels. I love on Twitter because how love net- Twitter only Twitter pulls out that stat. You don't see that on no, it's beautiful. Any of the networks. Twitter's an outstanding thing. Only on Twitter can you find an edited video of that cat making a touchdown on the Jeez. Oh my god. That was amazing. Down to the two. <laughs> you got it. All right, so we have our segments for this week. First one, Ron Rivera's out. Which coach is going to be next? I have a few ideas. So I'll let one of you guys go first. Who's the next head coach to be fired in the NFL? I mean, other than Jason Garrett? <laughs> I think Mike Nagy might go. Really? This early? Two years in? <sighs> no, that's not. I don't know. Because because it's, it's it's tricky because they might they still might have a chance to make the playoffs. But uh, I don't know. I, I got to go with the obvious one. I got to go with Jason Garrett. I think the wording is important that what you said about what Jerry Jones said on the radio where he said he will be a coach in the NFL next year. He does not say he will be a coach of the Dallas Cowboys next that's, year. That's like telling somebody in an exit interview, call me if you need a reference. Okay? <laughs> you're you're going to do great. You will be a great 
sales associate. You're great at what you do. This is just the end of our time together. <laughs> I think we've come to the the extent of our partnership. Who, and that's the thing. Like so what we talk about, who wants the job? Who wants to work for Jerry Jones? Nobody wants that. Nobody uh, wants Steven, to work. Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones. Nobody wants to work for that angry old windbag. Nobody wants to work for him. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore will take that job. If no, he, Chris Peterson will. There's and a lot of people that will take that job. Chris you Peterson. Are, you're, you're forgetting who's on that team. It's a very talented team. Very talented. Chris Peterson leaves Washington Huskies. Jason Garrett. Does Jason Garrett comments come out for Jerry Jones? Coincidence? I think not. I we think reunite Chris Peterson with Kellen Moore. Right here. You heard it on this podcast. I think coincidence. Uh, <laughs> 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 I, I think but that Jason Garrett, he's next. I think we're going to hear that Chris Peterson stepped away from coaching because he got sad. He's got a job and in the XFL, just, just like Bob just, Stoops. I, I think that he just like was is going to say something like, I run a clean program and it's just hard to keep up and I'm just, I don't love doing this job anymore. Which I think happens a lot at he's that level. He's probably getting up there in age and he's probably just, yeah, just wants to. He'll probably get a job working for Fox or ESPN or something, like an uh, analyst job. Brandon, who you got? Who's Who's next to get fired? Do you want a realistic answer or do whatever you want? Real, because my I think mine's realistic, so I might as well. Well, I'll, I'll give you two. Okay, I'll let Paul go after my first one. I'm gonna say Doug Marone in Jacksonville is probably gonna be gone. Wow. Okay. Yeah. At some point, whether yeah. it's before the end of the season or at the end of the season, Doug Marone will be gone in Jacksonville. I can see that. Okay, one of my two, Anthony Lynn. Really? Of the San of the formerly San Diego Chargers. <laughs> LA. The LA Chargers. Because after a twelve and four season to this? Exactly, because they can't do anything. What are they doing, dude? They're just like you you have to get maybe a transition coach in for the final Phillip year. For yeah, and then get a rookie quarterback and a new yeah, coach. And I think that this might be Anthony Lynn's last season because they couldn't do anything this year. They're, they're losing games by seven points or less consistently, and that shows on a head coach. Who's your other one, Brandon? Uh, it's pretty unlikely, but I do think Doug Peterson's got to figure something out in Ooh. Philly. Man, they're five and seven. That's, that's hot. They're five and seven, <laughs> and they traded or they got rid of Nick Fold because they had Carson Wentz, and they were the number one offense, well, the number one offense with an MVP candidate two years ago. Super with Carson Wentz, his and, OC leaves, and now they are a bottom half, bottom third of the league offense, and they're five and seven in a bad division. I two years after a Super I, Bowl, I don't, I I get it, I like the pick, but I I think it'll be his defensive coordinator over him. But the honest. defense is playing better than the offense. The defense is ranked. 13th in the NFL. Actually, you're right. Yeah, I would and, say the, that. and the Eagles' offense is 21st. Fire the receivers, coach. My God. None my, of them can catch. My other one, you know, we're forgetting. Pat Shermer was my other one. Oh, that was my other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pat I, Shermer. Pat yeah. Shermer's a good – I think he's about gone in New York. Um, in a division, toss him out with Danny Dimes well, still it's, developing? It's a division that's already lost one coach this year. Gruden got hit early. Yeah, but that team, like I've said before, next to J- Dame, James Dolan, this is the worst managed sports team. Like, those two teams are the worst 
manage teams. Sell the team currently because when you're cra- obviously Donald Sterling is still number one all time. Well, yeah, by quite a bit. By quite yes, a bit. Yes, a horrible racist is going to be number one worst owner ever. But yeah, that's that's different. I think that's a different category. The, told his ethnic girlfriend <laughs> why Magic Johnson can't sit by them. That's I need to listen to that. Why pod. she? You don't want to. Couldn't no. take a picture. Post a picture with Magic Johnson. I want to. I need to listen to that thirty for thirty podcast. It was pretty good. It's yeah. disgusting. It's you listen it's to serial killers and all this mutilation and stuff, and you're like, this is disgusting. This horrible racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did learn a lot. I didn't know a lot of that. A lot of that story. I would be willing to inter- listen to that podcast. I would be interested to listening to the. You're talking the thirty for thirty one. Yes. Yeah. Um. I don't I know. If, on Spotify. I don't know if that's the one or if it was a different just interview, but there was um. A long form with Doc Rivers where he talked about, like, he got traded to the Clippers as a coach, and then this hits the fan. Uh, um, hi, Chris, Blake. Uh, I know you guys are leaders and veteran NBA players, but you just kind of have to listen to me right now. It's just, <laughs> I don't know how you walk into that situation. It was like two years later. It was like two years it later. It was after it? It was a little bit was, after I, for, no, no. Doc Rivers showed up, and then like two years later is when this whole thing went. When that whole thing went down, there has to be something. We're gonna get way in the weeds here, but there yeah, has to be to something on. leading up to that for Chris Paul to basically be like, "I'm just not gonna play for that guy anymore." That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Uh, so we had our coaches, and now we have our XFL expert update. <laughs> the XFL last week we had the football this week it's finally here the week I've been waiting for so long we have the uniforms have been released upon the public now uh if you're an audio listener you could probably I, I want to give you something because it's this is going to be more for the YouTube audience or the Facebook audience because I will actually have pictures and video of these uniforms uh, what they look like but I don't want to leave the audio people hanging Paul so here's what I'm going to do and Get off your phones, gentlemen. Okay. I'm this trying to look at these these <laughs> I know jerseys. He is too. Brandon's over here looking at them too. But for uh, your you audio people, I don't want to f- leave you out in the dark. So I'm going to give you a dramatic read of the inspiration from the XFL website for these uniforms. You guys ready? <clears throat> Dramatically, the DC Defenders, which I think have the like cleanest, simplest uniforms. It's all red. It's got the lightning bolt and the stripes. It's uh, it's very service oriented, which, by the way, uh, talks about the thing where Fridays you wear red for the service. Uh, man, what is that? What is the acronym for that? Uh, remember everyone deployed. It's Red Friday. I think that's what they're going for with the red on this team because they're very service oriented. But here is the dramatic read of the inspiration, inspired by a tradition of service and sacrifice. This team stands tall on the shoulders of giants. Blazoned with the red of the DC flag and our founding father's coat of arms, marching forever, marching ever forward, a force united with fiery resolve. They, they are the white of our sacred mongu- monuments. Monuments. What they can't say that? Did they just say that? They what? are the white of our. Yeah, that does. It's 2019, guys. <laughs> Iconic, imposing, unconquerable, and unyielding. They are the star-spangled and lightning-striped. 
seeking glory through grit and victory through valor. This one team with one quest and one purpose, they are the DC Defenders, hashtag taking their stand in February 2020. Oh, by the way, they feature every uh, hashtag if you uh, were with Curry. All right, moving on to Bob's, Bobby Stoops' team, the Dallas Renegades. You ready for this? Born from a rebel spirit with a Lone Star swagger. Born cub. from the Houston Oilers logo. No, that's the Roughnecks. Oh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the other Texas, the other Texas team. Uh, a Lone Star Swagger comes a team that blew in like the dust off a Texas tornado. It's black and leather, badass, brazen, and bad to the bone. It's a blue as the North Texas sky, big, bold, and boundless beyond limitation. It's red-eyed and relentless, fiery and fearless, unconventional and untamed. It's outlaws, outliers, and outsiders. These are the Dallas Renegades. They, I think they have the worst hashtag. Hashtag raising hell in February 2020. Because it's not even a pun. That's what bothers me about it. Now to the team that ripped off the Houston Oilers logo. The Houston so bad. And kind of ripped off a little bit of the uh, Texans uniforms. I got to say, though, I, I, I do really I like, like the, the star on the shoulders. I like the Renegades colors. I think it's cool. I like the baby I like blue. the home, like the not the away. The, the red is out of place in the away. Anyway, Houston Roughnecks. Forged from the files of the files, forged from the fires of the oil fields, comes a team that labors deep in the trenches. Resolute is that a word? Resolute and rippling with heat, they toil in a red as fiery as a flaming flare stack. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? Theirs is the the ma metallic chrome of power plants and power lines manufacturing the machinery of the mercenaries in the muck. It's blue so dark and deep it shimmers and shines like Texas crude in the midday sun. They are the scratching, these are the scratching, grinding, never bending few. These are the Houston Roughnecks working, hashtag, they, okay, they have the worst one. Hashtag working for H-Town in February 2020. <laughs> Comes up with these hashtags. All right, moving on down the list. It seriously looks like they took. New York's got some badass ones. Have you seen the? I do like the Guardians. But the Roughnecks look like they took the current Houston football team's colors and slapped them on the former the Houston team's helmet. logo. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get over that. I like the Gargoyle logo for the Guardians. New York Guardians. This is the gray of concrete and steel and centuries carved in stone, watchdogs over the metropolis. This is the red, fiery eyes and ferocious teeth and the burning ambition of everyday heroes. This is the black of shielded streets standing guard in a city that never sleeps these are the New York Guardians. This is kind of lame, too. Hashtag on duty, February 2020. For the Guardians, why'd they put the red on the jerseys at all? I like the eyes. I wish that, okay, if they would have kept the red, like, on the logo and have the jerseys just be black and silver, that's the Nets. That's what you're going for. That's that sleek look of Brooklyn, baby. I like they're, that they're away or, like, gray. They're away, yeah, they're away is a gray. I like it. But I wish it would have just been black and silver. You know, there's something about black and silver. All right. Last half here. <clears throat> Seattle Battle Hawks. Or Seattle. St. Louis Battle Hawks. This is a team born and raised in St. Louis, ready for its maiden flight. Winged warriors preparing to fight. <laughs> they attack as one. With a streak of blue and a flash of chrome, this is a metal muscle and a mandate to win at all costs. Featuring a blade of iron and wings of blue steel, this is STL proud. These are the St. Louis Battlehawks. Hashtag clear to engage. February 2020. They ripped off the Eagles helmets. That's for sure. Uh, but I like that the sword is a stripe. I kind of like that. It's, it's different. It's simple compared to some also, of the have others. You get, have you noticed that none of these jerseys have branding on them? 
And uh, the reason for that Logo, is like like companies? no, there's no Nike or Adidas. I think the XFL owns it themselves. So that's pretty neat. Although they said Starter will do their like gloves and stuff. Tampa Bay Vipers, my team. By the way, you guys need to pick a team. It's getting a little annoying. All right, season's coming up in, in like two months. Seattle Dragons. They do have a sick uniform. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Vipers. This is a team that slithered out of prehistoric Gulf Coast swamps, demons born in darkness. In the shadows they wait, sheathed in skins of dark green scales. Seriously, who writes this crap? With a venomous hiss and a dangerous charm, their flickering tails shine like a glimmer of green, swift, and serpentine. Ooh, nice rhyme. Their grip is in- inescapable, their bite unavoidable. With hoods crowned of- by fangs of gold, they stalk their competition in cold blood, lurking to challenge. Lurking who challenged them in the jaws of defeat. Hashtag ready to strike. Okay, now I need you to I just know this is stupid. I need you to deal with this, but I'm gonna I'm about to trash these vipers. I like that. I, I wish their helmets were gold. The the Tampa Bay Vipers look like they made their jerseys on backyard football if I had said I want my main color to be green and my second color to be green. First of all, green is my favorite color. And I feel let me let me read you this for the win uh, national sports website for the win power ranked the XFL jerseys dead last the Tampa Bay Vipers and quote if you've been dreaming of an Oregon Ducks and Seattle Supersonics mashup Tampa Bay is your team. I love it. So they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Last two here. Seattle drag. Also, this is gonna be the longest XFL expert report, just because it's. I mean, I have. I just have to read these self-indulgent. I do really like the dragons, though. Dragons, I think, have the best because the, the all-white ways are slick. Emerging from the turbulent seas of the pungent, 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 pungent. I don't know. Sound comes a Puget team, sound. Puget, yeah, there you go. Puget <laughs> sound comes a team fashioned to inspire fear. Born beneath the murky skies, they are the devils in deep blue, shrouded in the dark indigo mists of some ancient abyss. Their wings are covered in... Did, did Vince write these? Their wings are covered in scales of green... Paul like, Heyman did. ...like an emerald <laughs> monster. Their flame-licked tails are incandescent, orange, and a fire-breathing beast. They are the Seattle Dragons. Hashtag breathing fire. I think Seattle is going to get a lot of people... I love that it's a dragon. It's a... It's, it's interesting. They, the the problem are pretty is, cool too. I like LA. The problem is that you get the teams that are doing the the one main color and white. You know, like you have the Battle Hawks and the Defenders, but then you have the Dragons that have like four colors on their jersey. You know, same with the Renegades, where it seems like I thought they were gonna go green. Some of them are doing too much. It looks like um, but that logo on that white helmet is sick. I like it, but the logo has a lot going on for being on a helmet. You know what I mean? If they could have just put like a secondary logo on there. But let's Brandon, talk about the Wildcats. If he's picking Seattle, who's your XFL team? My favorite jersey or my favorite team? Well, like the team that you want to root for before I get to the last team here. Oh, I don't know. My favorite jersey is these this Defender jerseys. I like these. It's just DC. slick. It's yeah, just I so like simple. The, I like the Lightning Bolt. I like fun. the Wildcats, man. I like the claws and the stripes. The, the Wildcats. All right. I think they're slick colors with the Speaking orange numbers. Of the last one. The Los Angeles Wildcats. This is a team made in L.A. Let loose from the canyons into the land of bright lights. This, beat is un- this beast is unleashed far from the flesh and flash. Gosh. 
Let's start that over. This beast is unleashed far from the flash and fame, prowling the Southland's back alleys in search of its prey. Its coat is as black as the dead of the night with orange-hued highlights like the golden glow of a Pacific sunset. It leaves its mark with blood-red claws. This is a primal predator ready to pounce. This is the showtime with a snarl. This is our time to roar. The Los Angeles Wildcats, unleashed February 25th. That sounded like a synopsis of that movie where Jake Gyllenhaal is a, is a crime follower in L.A. That's a good yeah. movie. Uh, no, it's not. You don't like that movie? Uh, there, where was the plot? There was no rolling to a climax, or I felt like anything in that movie. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I disagree. So, yes, that's your XFL extra report. I know it was super silly and self-indulgent, but I hope you audio people liked it because it's a uniform reveal. I can't really give you much other than the silly things that they wrote on their website. Full disclosure, not only am I a part of the uh, XFL Football Advisory Network, uh, I did apply to be an editor for the XFL, so wow. I might have just lost myself that job by making fun of what that they wrote for the you teams. Could, you could be their Iowa correspondent. I'm just saying... Boots on the ground to get a team in Des Moines. I've, I'm only kidding. I appreciate that they put that much effort into talking about inspiration for a uniform and stuff like that, but uh, it's exciting. I think all the, all the uniforms, I think, look cool. I disagree with uh, for the one. Maybe it's biased. But it's it's a team in Tampa and they're green, so I'm gonna like them. I think the best uniforms it's for me a tie between Seattle and the Defenders, DC Defenders. I think the those are really good uniforms. I like the Renegades helmets though. I want to see them on the field because I feel like when I see them on the field, I'm gonna end up liking the Wildcats more than I do. So you pick the Dragons as your team. I don't know, maybe. I'll get back to you. You got. I need. You I got need about a roster, two, I need a roster rundown. You got here. about two months to figure it out. Because they kick off. Do I have to choose before week one? Yes. <laughs> what if they suck? Yes. You got to commit, man. See, the people that like latched on to the Memphis Express were glad that the AAF closed in eight weeks. That's what I will say. Every, even if you don't like Tampa's, I think every uniform in the XFL looks miles better than any uniform in the AAF. <laughs> By the way, I bought. I didn't buy it. My mommy bought it for me for Christmas. But I have a uh, Tampa Bay Vipers shirt on the way. Wow. And I just bought an XFL hat. Look at me, XFL. I'm buying your products. I'm, in, I'm, I'm selling your product on this podcast. Hire me. I want to be an editor we for need, you. We need your Twitter picture to be you in the XFL hat and everything. We'll get you there. We will get you I'm literally on the XFL, XFL staff. expert on Twitter. That's my username. Other than at. It's not my at name, but you know. You should, you should get that at. All right. On to Paul's Fab Five. Back to a plus one this week. And you're not a fraud this week. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I went three and two. Limped back to 500 with a scary three and two. Shout out to the Bills. But this week, very confident. I got five and one for you. We're starting out Redskins at the Packers. Take the over of 42. Brandon, who's the Redskins running back? Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson. Who has ran across Lambeau for 12 years now? AD. North and south, east and west, all over with an elbow out, throwing stiff arms. That's why I'm taking the over, because Packers don't have a good run defense. 
Last last week, the Redskins, both Peterson and Geis, had over 100 yards rushing last week. Exactly. So I think that the Redskins are at least going to roll up and down the field enough with their running game for this over a 42 to hit. And obviously, Vegas does not believe in the Redskins' offense. Since the Packers won 31-13 last week, they put the over under that. It's crazy. Second one, Colts at Bucks. Colts plus three at Tampa. Give me that money. Really? I said it again, so I'm going to lose that one. But I like it. Even without probably T.Y. Hilton, without Marlon Mack, uh, Bucks have won a few, but the Colts are, I think they're going to churn in the right you direction here. I think the Bucks can beat the Colts by more than a field goal. No. No, I don't. You are, that, I feel like you're correct in that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins at Jets. Jets minus five and a half. I'm betting the Jets to cover five and a half. That, is, that, is that my boldest bet of the year? Well, considering the Jets just scored six points total, I, yeah, it's pretty bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> Last I, I, week. I bet on them. <laughs> but the, Going against a team that put up 37. But the three weeks before that, they scored 30. How many times have you bet for the Jets and they've burnt you? I feel like you've never won a bet with the Jets. I have bet on the Jets. Uh, I quit betting on the Lions and the Chargers, and I'm still rolling with the Jets as like my my team that I think I have insider knowledge about. Because if Sam Darnold's out there partying after wins, you know they're doing the right stuff. So take Get the Jets. <laughs> take the Jets to cover minus five and a half at home. Chargers at Jaguars. Jaguars plus three. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Chargers going east. I know that Brandon thinks Doug Marone is going to get fired this year, but I think Anthony Lynn could get fired this year. Jaguars cover plus three at home with Gardner Minshew back in the starting spot. Yes. Final two, Steelers at Cardinals. Steelers minus two and a half in a dome against the Cardinals. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Less than three-point spread. Steelers cover minus two and a half in Phoenix. Final game. Sunday night? Monday night. Sunday night game. Seahawks at Rams. Seahawks minus one in L.A. Oh, easy money. Seahawks cover minus one. Yeah. That's the Fab Five plus one. Six bets. Winners all around for you. So for primetime picks this week, we have to start with some standing Standings changes. The listeners, man, you guys, you've had some down weeks. We need you to pick it up. Be voting on our polls on Twitter out lo- at Loud Sports Pod because Jake, after over a month of positive gains, has caught the listeners and you are tied. And what's your score, Jake? Well, it's uh, it's an impressive score. Um, it's twenty nine and thirty six. There we go. Moving on up. Compared to 25 and 35. Boom, boom. Last week, 4-1. and one, The only loss for Paul and I was the Texans. That's correct. And then at the top of the leaderboard, I went 4-1, and one, and Brandon was ahead of me, went 2-3. and three. I was able to catch him. We are now tied at 39-26 and 26 on the year. With only three weeks to go, things are heating up. Listeners, you could still catch Brandon or I. Or pull behind Jake. So it's up to you and voting on our Twitter page. It's exciting times, people. It is. First pick this Hashtag week. comeback season. Thursday night, Cowboys at Bears. Uh, I will start, I guess. Uh, Bears. <clears throat> I don't need an explanation. 
Jake says Bears. I think that's because he wants really Jerry Jones fired. Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we figured that out. I picked the Bears last week. I'll pick them again this week. I don't care. Pick the Bears. And Jake, or Brandon, for your Thursday night pick. Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with the Bears as well at home. I think it's strength on strength, but Cowboys can't, haven't been able to beat a team with a winning record yet this year. That's true. The Cowboys um, have not beaten anyone with a winning record, but I'm taking them because the Bears are 500. They don't have a winning record. Oh. Yeah, so I'm taking the boys Thursday night, being the odd man out. I think they right the ship here, and Nagy keeps reeling, and the Bears are further in turmoil. We'll find out. Seahawks-Rams, Sunday night. Brandon, who do you got for Sunday night football? Yeah, the Seahawks are undefeated on the road. I think they continue that. Uh, I definitely take the Seahawks over the Rams. I'm taking the Hawks as well. I don't think I've lost a bet, uh, either in primetime picks or in my Fab Five on the Hawks this year. I bet on them to cover against Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> <laughs> and to you, Jake. Uh, I think we're in school because this is chalk. <laughs> <laughs> taking the Hawks. Weak, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> All right, yeah. I guess that means I'm starting out for Monday night. Giants and Eagles, what a dud. Ugh, I guess the Eagles. I mean, I don't even want to pick this game at all. Uh, I would agree with that. Hashtag fly, Eagles fly, I guess. They, I have them beat the Giants. And yeah, I don't. Brandon closes I don't, out. The Giants are bad. Eli's the Giants back. are really bad. Eli's back. Yeah, baby. Eli's back. You have to try to lose to the Giants. Two Super so Bowls. The Eagles will win. <laughs> Yeah, if only Saquon could throw and catch it and tackle everyone and kick it. If you had eleven, had like three if you had more twenty-two Saquons, Saquons you yeah. you might have a chance in these games. If now you that's, had, if that's you could a Madden video if I've ever heard field a team of Saquons versus any other NFL team. This is that's a good idea. A team of you know you used to be able YouTube to all the time used to be able to play mascots against each other. I see that on YouTube all the time where they have like a team of Tom Brady's. Or like, like it's like every single mascot is a '99 everything, and it's just they're all the exact same. It's like backflips and like side flips. It's great. All right, but here we go for the good stuff. Our wild cards. It's back around to you, Jake. A wild card winner for this week. Who do you got? I, I'm going back and forth. Uh, I, I'm going back and forth because. I think either of my choices are solid wins. I'm going to take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with it. I'm taking the Ravens over the Bills. Ooh, because nobody, hot, nobody, hot. nobody's stopping this Baltimore team. Lamar is playing on a different. Le Lamar's just out of this world. Welcome to the bus. There's no room. <laughs> wow, you got something right for once. I'm so happy for you. Big money. <laughs> Did you leave out fraud of the week again? Trust. Yeah, fraud me. <laughs> no, I was going to make a... F I'll save it for the end. <laughs> anyway, Ravens, over the bill. Brandon, for your wild card. I'm going to roll with uh, the 9-3 and three pack. Go pack, home. go. Oh, Homer pick. It's a good pick. That's a good pick against the Redskins. the Redskins at home. And I got the Browns going to beat up on division opponent, the Bengals, this I week. I almost picked the Bengals for an upset pick. Oh, I hope you do. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't trust them. <laughs> None of these teams I trust. All right, and to All Brandon right. first for his upset. 
You know, I'm going to go up go up against Jake, I think. I'm taking the Bills. Skirt, skirt. Bills over the Ravens. Over the Ravens. I like that upset pick. Ooh. Did, did, well, was it because you finally – because I know a lot of people for the first time saw the Bills on Thanksgiving and saw how good that team really is. Oh, I watched them play the uh, Patriots. So I know how that their def- their defense is mm. legit. Yeah. Interesting choice. I just I Well, you heard my choice already in Paul's Fat 5 plus 1 Jaguars plus 3 hosting the Chargers. Easy money. Uh, I got the Jags. And Jake, close it out with this your one upset. This might bite me. I, you know, I've been very confident in my picks. I haven't gone out on a limb and made silly picks in the a Colts. long time. Uh, I'm going to go with... <sighs> I hope you're ready for this, okay? You ready? I think we're making a pit stop at Hogwarts because we're going to have some magic. I'm taking Fitz Magic and the Miami Dolphins... To beat the Jets. Wow. Again, su- su- sweeping them. Sweeping them. Dolphins. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. I don't know if it'll end up well. My whole thing is the effort they put in just to be, be a big middle finger to Adam Gase the first time around. Why not do it again? Why not? You just beat the Eagles. I guess you're not tanking anymore. Maybe they're starting to believe in Fitzmagic and they're not going to go after Tua. I don't know, but I'm taking the Dolphins. Well, that's primetime picks where you can vote and compete with us to stay ahead of Jake, catch up to me and Brandon on our Twitter page at Loud Sports Pod. We're going to close it up this week with a little impromptu fraud of the week. Well, gentlemen, I am not a strong swimmer, so it was terrifying when PJ Flex boat crashed thanks to the... Uh, Wisconsin Badgers, I was bamboozled, fooled, made an idiot of. You forgot hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. I was, yeah, I was doing the Stephen A thing. I heard, I heard. <laughs> when you said bamboozled, no one says bamboozled unless they're mocking Stephen A. The total malarkey from the, 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 golden, the golden gophers who I believed in. Bamboozled. And I had... You had me going, man. Hoodwinked. You had the number four ranked team at home. Let us stray. <laughs> and you beat them. And you beat them. And I started to really pull for you. Then you go to Iowa City and you play a night game and you lose. You lose your pig. You lose your pig that I don't think you've had in a long time. But you lose a chance to get a pig. And I almost, I pass it off. Because, hey, it's not easy to win a Kinnick. We talked about it. The Kinnick curse. It's not easy to win there when the lights go out. Or lights go on. But but here's the thing, you had a, you still had a shot, you had a shot to play Ohio State. And what do you do? You go out, you play with a home crowd, and you just roll over, and you get eaten alive by the Badgers. Fraud. My fraud of the week: uh, college basketball blue bloods. Yeah, <laughs> just top ten teams in general. The, the the teams that you would assume that would be in the top ten, Kansas. I'm pretty sure Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky have all already lost. Yeah, except for Kansas's loss was to Duke or whatever. Yeah, they, that's yeah, your only. They, they lost to another blue blood, <laughs> but but then Duke loses at their home court to Stephen F. Austin. Literally, let me do. I'm trying to do my best. Parks and Rec impersonation. Literally, literally, the worst loss. In the history of Ken Palm. They're terrible. <laughs> Here's John Ralphio for you. 
You lost to Stephen F. Austin. Yeah. But you literally weird. the worst loss in Ken Palm history, in college basketball analytics history, this is the worst loss ever. This is a bad year for the Blue Bloods, and this is a year for teams like Michigan to get on the rise. Virginia just went down last night, Thursday night. They were just on track tonight or Wednesday night. to score. They got beat by 30 to Purdue. Nice. They were, <laughs> um, they were on track to score like 34 points total, which is totally Virginia basketball. And 34 got, points? They scored 40. They got beat 69 to 40. And you have to, to remember, that's, but that's how they play. That's, that's Virginia basketball. It, yeah, they win, they win 45 to 38. Like, that is. So, well, yeah, football scores? That's college basketball blue bloods this year are frauds. Brandon, do you have one? Well, I mean, I think I already talked about it a little bit. Doug Peterson. <laughs> I like that fraud. I like that fraud. <laughs> the fire. Yeah. I mean, where's the offense? This offensive genius that was and now he drew up one isn't. play. Yeah, yeah, the and that was special. it. <laughs> it wasn't even it wasn't even his play. It was someone no, else's play Nick that he stole. Jogs to the sideline and says, "Can we do Philly, Philly? You want to do the Philly special?" Like NFL Films has audio of Nick asking, "Can we run the play?" And so nothing about that was Peterson. Well, the Patriots ran it like two years before that, or the year before that too, like. And they tried to run it in the game, and Tom Brady couldn't. Yeah, Tom Brady couldn't catch the ball. Well, it was also a worse throw, but <laughs> we will. By a college we quarterback. Did you know? That <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. Uh, every, every time so Julian Edelman is on. Doug Peterson, and I hate being wrong. That's why I'm very upset with I'm not even a, a, a Gophers fan. I just want to be right. It's just, it's just funny that Minnesota, they really wanted to be Wisconsin so bad. Man, 10-1. and one. This was their year. And you get beat by what? What was it? 20 to 17. I mean, yeah, come on. So for another year, Hawkeye fans get to brag that at least we utilized the easy schedule when it came to be our turn, Minnesota, and got to the conference championship game and got to the Rose Bowl, which I don't think they're even going to get to the Rose Bowl. No, No, they got no chance. No, it'll be it'll be it'll be either Wisconsin or Penn State. Yeah. I, I would have. I would have probably. Said, Penn, I would probably ask Penn, for Penn State. State. If probably Penn State because Wisconsin won't. Will have three losses. And it's not even PJ Fleck who's the fraud. It's Minnesota, the whole state. I like that. Let's keep this rolling. Yes, Vikings. Vikings. <laughs> Timberwolves. <laughs> frauds. Fraud. All frauds. Fraud. Except Andrew Wiggins this year playing really well. Cat. What a way to yeah, end yeah. the show. That's that's uh that. <laughs> For the Loud Sports Podcast, there's another fun week stuff going around in state, out of state. A lot of fun stuff. A lot of great games for this weekend. Getting closer to conference championship time for football. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Loud Sports Pod. Like our Facebook page. And we will talk to you next week with the latest and greatest in sports. For Brandon Flecker and Jake Williams, I'm Paul Rubidoux, and this was the Loud Sports Podcast.